This is the Lifestyle as Medicine podcast, and I am Mike Riccio, longtime personal trainer, professional strength coach, gym owner, and most importantly, a devoted modern father and husband. I've been fortunate to learn under some of the most intelligent minds in health and fitness over the past 15 years, as well as work with amazing clients and athletes. What I've most fallen in love with over the years is the power we have over our lives, the power to decrease risk of disease and injury, the power to reach our true potential, the deep abilities the body is capable of when all aspects of health are working simultaneously. On this podcast, you will learn the importance of preventative health and how to optimize your habits to optimize your life. All right, listeners, here we go. Hope you're having a good week. I hope the fall season has kicked off well for everybody. Today I have on Pilates expert, entrepreneur, brilliant mind, and good friend, Vilma, who I originally met while working together in the corporate industry. Vilma was a Pilates instructor, a very a very good, a very popular Pilates instructor at the same location I was personal training at. And while we were always you know, friendly and, and good coworkers and acquaintances, where I really got close with Vilma was when we started trading out personal training for Pilates sessions. And in those sessions, we just learned so much about what each other does. And not that we didn't already have a high respect for the other side of the industry, but I think that respect just got even deeper. Not to mention, I got to know Vilma on a personal level and just realized how great of a person she was, how intelligent she was. And since leaving the corporate industry, I have watched Vilma grow a very successful virtual Pilates platform that not only focuses on Pilates as a fitness aspect alone, but has also included these very important lifestyle aspects. Today, you're going to hear how Vilma incorporates listening to her body, listening to her soul, understanding herself in terms of eating, hobbies, lifestyle, pleasure, just how she does everything, how she lives her life, and how she helps to spread that message to her clientele and to her following. Vilma's thoughts are optimistic, they are motivating, and they really make you rethink the way you are spending your day-to-day and what your mindset is. We're gonna get in some really good topics, my favorite being the difference between listening to your body but still understanding what your needs are and having some discipline around that idea of, of intuition and listening. So without being said, the episode's gonna speak for itself. Please listen in and enjoy. And as always, please don't forget to come on and rate and review the episode and let me know what you think. All right, listeners, we are on with a very close friend of mine that I'm lucky enough to go way back with. Vilma, thanks for joining me today. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. I would love to kick off here with you tell a little bit about just yourself, your background, where you came from, whatever you want to share. Yeah. Okay. So I am originally from Puerto Rico. I lived in Chicago most of my life and uh, I actually have been active in fitness for about 15 years now. I did my training in Pilates in classical Pilates about 10 years ago. So I was trained classically, which means the training that I did was very authentic to what was created by Joseph Pilates, which is something I'm very happy uh, or a choice I'm very happy I made. I have since then 
geared a little bit more towards contemporary Pilates, but I always try to keep those classical Pilates principles in mind through movement overall. Um, I actually started working for Equinox soon after I got certified. So that was maybe around 2012. And that's where I met you. And I was with Equinox from 2012 all up until just right before COVID started in January of 2020. Uh, and yes. Yeah. Yeah. For my listeners, I don't know. Equinox is a, is a luxury brand corporate fitness facility. And they are huge in New York, huge in LA, Chicago, and then... They've, they've been spreading, um, Texas, but Vilma and I got to work pretty closely together at one point trading out, you know, we joked that we, we both needed to fill some gaps into what we were doing. And Vilma kicked my butt pretty hard on a Pilates reformer a few times, but could, could we get into maybe, well, one, why Pilates, you know, when you maybe got an interest in fitness was, were you a client first that fell in love with it? Where, where did Pilates become the main interest for you? So honestly, I had, I think Pilates was one of my first uh, interactions with fitness in general. I remember when I was like 19 years old, I would do like at home, like DVDs and I would do like 30 minute Pilates a day for like three days a week and get the best legs and best abs type of videos. And that was my first interaction. And it just, I remember just becoming semi-obsessed with core work and, and I love the lengthening moves. Um, it felt balanced to me, uh, especially as a new person of fitness uh, back then. And uh, when I started working out and I started training with weights, of course, that was a whole other feeling, but I, I just knew that I wanted to do something that would would allow me to, to, to lengthen and to work my small muscle groups, uh, and the Pilates just fulfill all that. And again, I was a little bit obsessed already with the focus on course. So, yeah. uh, that was partly the choice. And I fell in love with this classical Pilates studio in Chicago, uh, loved the owner who became my mentor for the time I did my training. And, and it just, it was a decision that, like I said, I'm very happy I made until up until this day. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Pilates has just been a great way to learn about my body. It has allowed me to build a very strong foundation. And of course, as you know, now I've geared into other forms of movement. So I love lifting weights. I love cardio workouts. I do a little bit of everything. I believe in variety, but I always kind of come back to that foundation, those principles of Pilates that have allowed me to work from a strong place. I'm glad you brought that up. Because as you know very well, people fall in love with aspects of fitness, which is great. I'd rather someone fall in love with one aspect of fitness than none, than, than be inactive. But we definitely see people that fall in love with just strength training, just the treadmill, just Pilates, just yoga. But you and I have always been on the same page where these are all tools. But in the end, the body needs a lot of different things, not just from an aesthetic, if anything, the, not from an aesthetic standpoint, from a health standpoint, from a soulful standpoint, how do you balance that in, in your personal regime? How much, you know, if you had to give a, a ratio, you know, how much are you doing cardiovascular work for strength training work, traditional strength training works, obviously mm -hmm. is, is strength training work very much. So 
how does your balance look like? And how do you breach that conversation with maybe your clientele who come to you and are very much so just on the Pilates train? And maybe you believe they could use some other aspects along with what they're already doing very well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really great question. I, so I found a balance by experimenting with different things. So as we know, everyone's a little bit different. Um, I would never advise someone to do exactly what I do because different goals, different genetics, et cetera, et cetera, lifestyles. Uh, but for me, obviously with having to teach, especially having to teach virtually now, I am probably doing Pilates a little bit more than anything else, but I do have that need to incorporate cardio. I love running. It does something else for my mind. It helps balance my emotions. So something I like to incorporate into my routine at least once a week at the moment, ideally twice a week if I if I have the time. Strength training, I've actually started incorporating a little bit more weights into my Pilates practice. So sometimes with the time, it gets a little bit hard to incorporate just a solid day of strength of, of weight training. So what I started doing, I started adding weights to my Pilates. And uh, that's partly what kind of BB Fit Method is as well, which is, um, as you know, the my workout platform. So I, I, I just kind of fuse different methodologies within a single workout so that I feel a little bit more balance at the end. Um, and I never allow myself to get to this place of exhaustion. I always want to leave my practice feeling energized and feeling good. It's not about killing or, or destroying my body. Like many people say, <laughs> I've learned yeah. that the hard way throughout the years, of course. So yep. it's just now something that movement should feel good. It should make me feel, it should make you feel strong and yep. That's a goal. I feel like you actually asked me something else. And <laughs> well, I, I did now go back to it, but that's a great point and a great lesson you're bringing up. Th these aren't separate things. They are together things. And within Pilates, there is strength training. So I love your definition of combining things. I, I have my members, are, my members that listen to this are going to roll their eyes because I say this all the time, but you know, strength training is cardio. It has a cardiovascular effect. Mm -hmm. Pil Pilates is cardio. You know, like there's, there's, there's different elements of strength and cardio that happen within the other realms. It's really more of a ratio game of how much of one thing versus another is an activity. Not, is it only Pilates? Is it only strength training? Is it only cardio? So exactly. I love, I love how you, instead of battling those concepts, you, you kind of, you just merge it in the smartest way, which of course your background enables you to intelligently and efficiently add weights the right way to what you're doing. But I love that. The, the second question was, how do you convince maybe a, a client who has come to you who is pretty certain they want to stick to just one realm? How do, you, how do you get them to start buying into maybe just that once a week cardiovascular workout to go along with their, their five days of Pilates? Well, and that varies with every client too. Of course, some, some people will be a little bit more open-minded. I, I think that I always use myself as an example for that, of course. And I, of course, will explain to a client the multiple benefits to adding different routines. And I think by now I've achieved that. And anyone that works out with me, um, either through private training or does my method, understands the need to have that variety and that 
uh, like I said, it's a little bit different with everyone. And, uh, and I always try to be mindful of that specific person and what they need and what their need and what their goals are. Um, and I never allow my, I never force anyone to do something they're not incredibly comfortable with. So if someone is not comfortable lifting a 10 pounder, I'm like, okay, well, what about a five? Right. So I kind of just work them up and allow them to compromise (laughs) and and just kind of experiment and see how it feels and if it doesn't feel good then we let it be and if it if and most of the time people are like oh okay yeah this is good i can do this they surprise themselves which is great yeah what we find as coaches too is someone like you has built up a trust in, in the clients and the followers that you have to where your advice goes a long way and i think that's where i was always impressed by you too is you know people People have a have a liking to you, but now that they trust you because you're a professional, they're willing to say, okay, this is what she's advising me to do. I should probably give it a shot. But more than that, it's because you're a good example. Because you yourself are so well-rounded. And, you know, for those that don't follow Vilma, you, you should, you'll see that you are constantly preaching everything. You're showing what you preach in your social media, um, which we'll get to more in a little bit. But, you know, so we're at Equinox. And you're successful, you're busy. But at some point, just like myself, you realize that it wasn't filling what you needed. I believe, you know, the quote was, you told me you, you tapped out in Pilates when it came to, to the Equinox, so the court, not Equinox itself, but to the corporate lifestyle. Yeah. What, what was the final, what made you say, you know what, I want to go independent. I want to do my own thing. What was the final thing that made you go there? And, and what was it like? Well, yes. So I, I knew what the next step would be for me. And I know with Equinox and part of the reason why I chose to work for Equinox in the first place, because they are a company that allows you to grow within if you want to grow within. Right. So there is, there's room for that. If that's what fills you and what you desire. Mm-hmm. I try to put myself in that position of management and I just knew I'm not management material. I am a creator. I'm an entrepreneur. Like I've always known that. And I think that is a very important thing for us to be in touch with because some people are made to, to lead other people. Some people are made to create and some people are made to, to, follow structure and just going to work and do their thing. And that's a beautiful thing. We need all of these positions, but not everyone is quite the same. And I just always knew that about myself. So for one, my desire to grow and have creative freedom. And secondly, and actually the more important reason is just freedom in general. So knowing that I didn't have to go in and work from, I don't know, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I had these many clients and then I would have this break in between and I would have to wait around for the next client. It was just something I I, I loved at one point and just eventually, like you said, I tapped out and I just needed to explore the next phase of my growth. Yeah, it makes sense. But even though it makes sense, it's scary. And most people, even though they feel this is where I want to go, I'm going to stay here because it's established and it's safe because you and I both probably could have stayed at that company forever, you know, and we probably would have had a path, a very, and and again, it's a great company. You know, everything we're saying here isn't a shot at the corporate world. It's a very great role for those that want to stay there, but we both had a path there. Was there a fear for you? Was there ever that thought of, even though I know I want to go this way, 
I'm going to stay where it's safe? Or was that never the question for you? Were you always, cause you're so good at following yourself and that's, you know, that's where I want to go. <laughs> well, actually I, I've had to develop that intuition, I guess, uh, but not for many years. I thought about it uh, maybe two years. I don't want to say many years, but a couple of years where I knew deep inside that eventually I needed to be on my own, but I, I just kept holding on because I needed to, it was, it felt safe, right? It's, uh, it felt like I have, I have something promising and I, I can count on this like specific income. So financially it was, it was a scary move, but I am not going to say I always had fear. I have fear now. Yeah. <laughs> I think fear is perfectly normal and it's, yeah. uh, we should embrace it, but there's fear. There's good fear and there's not good fear. There's fear that moves you for growth and there's fear that paralyzes you. And for me, I know the difference between the two because I've been in both of those places and I won and I've learned what expands me, what helps me grow and what contracts me and the idea of staying at Equinox at that moment when I decided to leave, I just felt compressed. I felt stuck within, uh, literally internally. <laughs> and so it became even hard for me to breathe. So these cues that my body was giving me of like, it's, it's time. Uh, it's something that it's taken time to, to build, but I finally have, and I'm happy I made the decision. I, I actually, I had, moved on from Equinox just shortly before COVID started. Um, I had created BBF Method a, a whole year before even COVID started. I was just in the process of creation. Um, and uh, once COVID started and I was no longer Equinox, it was like, oh my God, thank God I have some sort of thing that I've already sort of built. And of course, at that moment, I wasn't quite ready for it. I rushed the process and I said, I gotta put it out there. <laughs> this yeah. is the time. People need this now. And, and so, yeah, that eventually it kind of uh, not probably a, a good thing to say that it was the right time, but it was for, for something I had previously to even, you know, us being forced to follow this other direction. It was something that had already started. So that was good. Well, and that's smart, right? Because that, that gives you confidence in what you're doing when you're not just deciding, Hey, I'm gonna do something different but I'm going to stop now what I'm currently doing. No, let me, let me, let me be smart financially. Let me keep what I currently have and then slowly build. And when I'm at a confident point, branch off. Yeah, I, yeah. I will say if I have, um, you know, I, I try not to, I try not to use the word regret because I do believe that in the moment you do what you think is right and there's lessons, but not regret. But if I could do something differently, I've always said I left too soon. Where, okay. and that, and that's something I'd have to work on with myself is I am very reactive and I know I'm very reactive where, um, yeah. And I, yeah, I, well, but in this case, you were, you were much better than I was where I had a rough plan, but I was not deep enough in my plan yet to where I really should have let go of, of the security that I did have another six months, another year would have been the right move. But then, but then I kind of turn around the other way and say, or, or would I never have left if I wasn't reactive? Because maybe I let those six months go by and I convinced myself that I'm, I'm too comfortable and I don't want to go anywhere. So it's, yeah. it's a back and forth between, you know, I love that quote you just said of, you know, there's a the fear that grows you, there's a the fear that, that paralyzes you. I, for me, as much as I do believe financially, it would have been better for me and smarter for me to have stayed. I don't know if I ever would have made the leap if I didn't just say, you know what? 
today's the day I got to listen to myself and I got to just do it. So it's, it's a battle and I don't know what the right answer is because I don't, I, I can't tell you what I would have done if I would have stuck around a little longer, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's a tough call. And it sounds like you were really smart about your process going into it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, like I said, I, for a few years already before that I had, had been having these thoughts. So I'm glad that eventually I, I made the move. I think I, t- I was the opposite of you. I took too long. I took too long to leave, but like you said, there was a security aspect. I was going to school at the time too, studying fashion design. So it was like, well, you know, like I was like, why would I look for another job? I, I have this, I already know this. And eventually when I finish school, I'm going to start, I'm going to be in the fashion field, which is something, a whole other conversation. I, I was like, oh my God, no, this is not the life I want. Yeah. After investing all these years in school in my 30s, I was like, oh, great. So uh, I envisioned a different lifestyle. So I just went to college in my 30s for nothing. (laughs) You know what? I, I, you know, I forgot that you did that. Mm -hmm. And and this was not something we had planned for for today's conversation. (laughs) But I, but it is a good point though of, you know, I, I briefly left and went to a different sales job before Equinox, before Equinox. And it was just one of those, you know what? If I can sell this, I can sell anything. And I just, I want normalcy. I want a nine to five. I want to put on a button up shirt. Like I don't want to, you know, it's yeah, just, yeah. and I, but it, to make this short, I think it, it took me leaving to know what I really wanted. Mm-hmm. Was it, was it similar for you? Was it exploring a different Avenue that brought you back more passionately to? Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So what I did while I was finishing school within my last year of finishing school, while I was studying fashion design, I did some internships and it just gave me so much perspective about what I really wanted, what type of lifestyle I really wanted to live. It was just, it's a, it's a, it's a very incredible, very creative world and it can be really fun. And eventually I think it it allows some people freedom, but otherwise, uh, especially going, starting a whole new career in my thirties at the time, I was like, there's no way I can do this in a way where I will feel like, I just didn't feel healthy. Even doing internships, I felt unhealthy. I couldn't, I, I, I had to work multiple hours a day without getting rest and, I just wasn't sleeping. I, it was just a very stressful world that I just knew I couldn't do forever. So it just, eventually I, I realized, oh, wow. Okay. So <laughs> fitness, wellness, this is, this is truly what I love. And it's the only type of lifestyle and work I can do. It's, it's such a great lesson because you can't know that until you experience something else. Mm-hmm. Now, and similarly, we talk about that in in, within fitness too, within people, how they feel too. I think sometimes people don't realize they don't feel good. And this mm-hmm. is a, this is a very, a very 90 degree transition, but it is comparable. People don't realize they don't feel great. And then they start working out a little bit. They start eating a little cleaner and they start adding protein to their diet. And they do that for a couple of weeks. And then they fall back off. They stop working out for a week. Their diet goes, goes back to more, a more negative side of the spectrum. And they go, Oh my God, I feel terrible. Mm-hmm. But, but for them, what, what they were feeling was the norm. So it wasn't different. So I, I, I think that this is, um, it's a good lesson too, about it's okay to try other things because either way, it's going to be a good lesson. Either you're going to find something else you love, or you're going to learn something about yourself, which I think is great. You know, and, and now that you are, you're, so you're on your own, you, you have this, this amazing platform 
you've built. I'm, I'm impressed so much about the work you put into. I yeah. think just that I struggle with being good about social media and you are so great about it. And it's, and just not as a friend, if I, if I didn't know you and I saw your social media, I would be, I would be locked into it. You're just so great about your messages and the combination of how you do it. So you're doing all this now, a big message you're talking about besides Pilates and workouts. And of course, promoting your platform is the nutrition side is the intuitive eating side. One, can you define what intuitive eating means to you in your definition for you personally, what is intuitive eating and what made you so passionate about that subject? Yes. So, and, and I, I don't know that I use the word intuitive eating as much, uh, rather uh, instead what I always tell my members and followers is to learn to listen to your body, which is essentially pretty much the same thing. And I, for me, it's that it's becoming in tune with your body's cues, hunger cues, and just understanding how food makes you feel. And, and while making choices with food, acknowledging and, and accepting the choices that we make for whatever the reason may be. So one of the things I talk about is not feeling bad if you are craving, let's say a burger or ice cream and to go have it, but to acknowledge that you made that decision for whatever the reason may be for me, it's pleasure. Uh, So being okay with that choice is something that it's, it's hard these days. Um, it's always been hard, especially for women. I don't know much about men, but with the, with diet culture and the beauty industry and the fashion industry, uh, the guilt of what certain foods do to your body. It's there's, it's been driven into guilt for women. And it's just something that it hasn't, it's not allowing women or anyone to be free with your choices. And when that guilt comes after you make a choice with food, with certain foods, then you create a whole imbalance in your body that's internal and it leads to other things. So for one, just to answer your question more specifically, it is becoming in tune with those hunger cues, but also being okay with the choices we make. And and at that, yes, you, you choose to eat, let's say, ice cream because you you want it and it brings you pleasure but on the same note understanding that i'm also going to choose to eat a salad with lots of vegetables because not, normally i feel really good after that it gives me energy um so just just being in touch with how foods make you feel and both physically and internally and being okay with that sure yeah. I, and people, I think, well, one, I just want to touch on the, the male, female. I, I, it is definitely different male to female for sure. But I, I think like other things, including mental health, men do experience these things to, to some extent, we are just stubbornly reluctant, historically, stereotypically to talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. like the female population is, um, and that's a knock on men because that's, you know, again, like mental health has a very, very important subject that, um, it is being brought to light more and more these days, which is great. I, I think that men do experience this more and they should relate to this topic more and be more willing to listen to people like you who are who are passing such great messages on about it. But I, what I was going to say was I, there there is a 
I think people forget that this is not purely opinionated. What, what you're feeling, listen to your body, it's chemical. Your body has a way of telling you what you need. You know, there's a whole, and this is a, a bigger topic for a different episode, but there, there is a dopamine release. There is a pleasure release. There is a pain release to things. And being in tune with yourself means being in tune with that very physical, very chemical system. And if you can be in tune with that system is, you can make really good decisions, both to give yourself pleasure without regret, and also to understand when not to, when, you know, mm-hmm. when, when, when maybe we're just justifying a certain decision versus giving in to what our body really needs. And that's tough. That's a very hard delineation to make between those two topics, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, I'll give you an example of the, how I personally listen to my body. One of, so for instance, this past week, I've been craving citrus and fruits a lot. I've actually had a stomach thing and I'm pretty sure sometime last week and I ate something that messed with my stomach. Sure enough, my body is asking for healing through vitamin C, right? So normally most people, especially with, there's so much fear out there that's been put out there because fruit has so much sugar and of course, excessive of anything is not good, but someone else will probably be like, well, I can't have fruit. No, that's so much sugar, right? Instead of giving to themselves what they need or to giving that to their bodies. So that, that for me is just something I don't, I don't hold back. If my body wants something, if it needs something, I've had faces where I needed more, more, I crave lots of chicken and I'm sure there's something in it that I needed at that moment. So uh, I, 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 that's where, when I talk about listening, I don't just even mean just those hunger cues, but also like, and it's hard to say cravings because cravings can also come from a different place, right? It just, Yes. <laughs> there's so many different way, uh, reasons why we can get cravings, but there is, there's a difference, right? There's that other aspect that's more intuitional. Um, and like I said, for me, I specifically needed citrusy fruit. And when I would have something citrusy, it mm-hmm. felt good. It felt quenching. It felt like it was nurturing my body. So on the same note, if something, if you put something in your mouth and your body rejects it, then you should listen to that. Um, So, and but you did mention something like about this balance of like, when do we listen to our body and these needs? And when is it, when do we know we're probably stepping out of that balance place. And when I say balance, I know that's very broad and that means a lot of different things for everyone. But when, when has it become, because it can be become unhealthy if we lack some sort of structure, there's always got to be some form of structure. Um, some people work a little better with structure than others. I personally, I'm a more of a free flow kind of person I've always been, but I, I had to have structure at one point to understand what a balanced free flow yeah. it, it looks like for me. Uh, and so you have to first educate yourself and that requires perhaps having a little bit of structure first to eventually be able to make these more free choices or intuitional choices. So I'll give you an example. So I, I, 
obviously when I started the fitness when I started in the fitness world, I remember back at Equinox Chicago where we met, just following specific diets that uh, that involve a specific amount of sort of micro macronutrients, fulfilling like certain yeah. grams of micronutrient a day, so I could sustain uh, specific muscle mass, et cetera, et cetera. And I started doing my fitness fail, and I know that isn't something that is recommended for any for everyone. But at that time, understanding those numbers, learning about these numbers, what is like a six on chicken breast give me? How much yeah. is too much? How much is too little? That educated me yes it's not great to do on the long term but it gave me education i think that that's that's so one education so you can have the structure that eventually allows you or teaches you how to be free with your with your choices without overdoing it because there's thing there's such thing as overdoing it absolutely uh, you said the word craving i think that's that's a key word and a key difference word too when your body needs something like your citrus example, that's a great example. Your body needed that. But actually, you know what? Let's, I'm sorry. Let's go a different way. Let's go to your burger example. Let's go to okay. the, 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 <laughs> the purely I needed to fill up the pleasure need. That was a need in my body mm -hmm. I had to fill. So I did it and I'm glad I did it and you should have done it. Mm -hmm. the, the challenge becomes the body is, has a really good memory. It's a really good memory of what made us happy. So the next day, technically, the body didn't need that burger anymore, but it remembered that it made me happy. So it started craving a repeat of that sensation. And that's where we get into, to, I'll say trouble. And sometimes out of people's fault, it's not on purpose, but those feelings are very similar. Oh, yesterday, mm -hmm. my body, my body really did need something. And maybe it was iron. Maybe it was the, maybe that's why you needed meat, whatever it was. I needed mm -hmm. something. Maybe it was just protein. And that's the mm -hmm. way I got it from. But now I craved it. And if, if I give it that craving once, this is where things become habits and they become borderline addictions. Because mm -hmm. now all of a sudden, I'm going to keep going back to these things over and over and over and over and over because it gives me my dopamine fix. This is why food isn't all that different from drugs in some ways because we get hooked mm -hmm. in the same way. So I like your, your, the, the difference you showed between the word craving. Because we have to know do I need this? Is this going mm -hmm. to fill me up or am I justifying it because my body just remembers it made me happy. So I'm going to do it again. And, sure. and again, and again, it's very tough, but you made the good point of saying you have to take time to really learn yourself, be honest with yourself of who you are. Am I someone that tends to give in to cravings locks? If so, I also need to be someone that doesn't take the first sign of need and jump at it. Mm -hmm. I might say, okay, my buddy's craving this, but hold on. Let me take a step back. Let me think about it. Why could it be? Oh, I haven't had protein in like three days. Here's why it's, here's why right. it's craving this. Right. You know, I'm getting long-winded with it, but you get the point. If we can take a time, totally. if we can, if maybe that's the bigger habit. It's, it's not necessarily now listening to your body, or listening to your body, or being restrictive, not being restrictive. It's, can I take 10 seconds to just let mm -hmm. myself be logical before I make the decision, like you said, and then once I make it, do it unapologetically. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, that's where I always come back to like, well, how do I want to feel today? So I, uh, food is, food is energy or, or food can also take energy from you. So I know for me, I know that God, I could eat probably like 
cheese and all kinds of fatty things every day, but I, it makes my taste buds happy. It brings pleasure. Um, it fulfills that part, but it certainly does not give me energy. Not at least not always, unless I right. haven't eaten, <laughs> but right. that doesn't happen because I keep up with my meals, but right. it, it's like, how does food make me feel? And how do I want to feel today? Like if it's like the end of a hard work day, I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, I like had a very small lunch. I feel like going out. It's I'm like, I, I just tell my partner, let's go out for a burger at the end of the day. And I'm done. And I'm okay with the fact that most likely that burger and those fries are going to make me a little sleepy, but I'm okay with that. It's the end of the day, but I'm certainly not going to have that for lunch if I want to be productive the rest of the day. So we have to make these very like, just, just conscious choices. Like I said, in the beginning, it's just, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. And, but how do you want to feel? And I think that for me, that's where I always come back to. Yeah. And, and there's your point now of adding discipline into the listening process and mm-hmm. making sure that you aren't just listening, that there's another part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. You know, at, you really focused on building this Pilates platform and you put a lot of time into it before you left the corporate life. But at some point, the other parts of lifestyle, you know, started working their way in. What, when, when did that start happening? When did the listening to your body and the nutrition part start working its way into your platform? Because now it's a professional message now you give too. It's not just a personal belief you do. You're, you, you're teaching people to be better at it. When did that become a, a part of your message? I, honestly, I, I feel like in the beginning of my uh, first few years of teaching, I'd have people ask me a lot and I never really knew exactly how to give advice other than like, hey, this is what I do. And uh, eventually I learned through reading and educating myself that of course not everyone's different. And I had this need to create or assist my, my clients and my now members in uh, just in a more constructive way than just given them not one to really love meal planning because it just looks different for everyone. I understand sometimes it's necessary if a person doesn't have a lot of time. And in those cases, it, it's different, but uh, I don't really believe in diet prescriptions. So I had to really just explore all the other possibilities. And I, I've incorporated it organically and I've gone a lot back and forth. I have change and purge a lot of my message and now it's becoming a lot more something that I'm more clear about in a way that I feel very confident that what I'm putting out there is not going to harm anyone uh whereas at one point I I kind of wasn't sure that the message I was putting out even two years ago um was I kind of knew there was something not quite right about it, but I got more clear with time. And so now it's just become, um, not what I love doing is sharing recipes. Like I said, I don't believe in prescribing certain foods or diets. So for me, it's like, Hey, you know what, if this inspires you, here's ideas. Um, I'm all for like quick meals that taste delicious because I don't have a lot of time to cook for hours. So I, I, the, the recipes that I create are all done within less than an hour. So that, that's something that I, I think it's more valuable to those that follow me because it just, it's just serves a broader 
audience without without harming. Yeah, and I don't know if you answered your question. <laughs> no, 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 you, you no, you you definitely did. So, could we go through a day to day? You know, what talk me through maybe a, a or talk people through a little bit what your day looks like. Generally speaking, I realize every day is different, but from from morning to night, what does a day to day look like for you? Well, it changes from day to day. Um, I think that one of the best things I did recently was consolidate my private clientele. Um, so that way I can dedicate some other days to, to content creation, whether it's video content or um, written material, which I try to do both of, certainly more video, of course. Uh, I So I let's say, for instance, today I taught a class this morning and I naturally just usually have breakfast immediately after. Uh, I kind of spend my Mondays for the most part doing content creation and catching up with emails and that sort of stuff. Um, meetings, uh, obviously we're doing this podcast on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then like I have my days where I'm like busy as I can be, where I barely have time between clients, which are usually my Tuesdays, Thursdays, and uh, about half days, days on Fridays. And so it changes, but I've recently added a new new thing to my schedule, which I'm like so excited for. And so I feel so relieved and balanced finally, because I was for a while up until not too long ago, working a little too much, uh, not taking enough breaks. So I started adding like a hobby day or exploring a venturing day with my partner earlier. And so now what I do on Wednesdays, which is my, that's my day. I love to go out and spend time in nature or just simply exploring in any way. So I did a little, uh, the past few weeks, the paddle boarding, which is amazing. And mind you, I'm not like taking this whole day off, which I could and would feel perfectly fine if I did, but I do a little content creation. I film videos in the morning and then like we go off in the afternoon, uh, and, and spend time out in nature and relax. So yeah. And at that, I do, I do allow myself to work on weekends. I don't like this idea of like the weekends are for rest and you know, you work yeah. during the week. Like that's just exhausting for me. I need a I need a break every two days. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to the weekend. <laughs> so I, I, yeah. I'll work on the weekend. I'm okay with that. I'll work half days in the weekend for the most part. Sometimes I'll work a full Sunday and that's okay. I'm okay with that because Hey, I'm going to take a one to stay off. So <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. yeah. I, I think most people would need that. I think most people would probably work better if they gave themselves a break every time they mentally exhausted themselves. And obviously we live in a world where we're trying to coordinate millions of people at once, you know, into, into working the same day so that a, an economy can function. So I understand why the structure exists, but it definitely does not bode well for our, our mental health. So I like that a lot. I, I actually, I don't know if you knew this. I happen to be off on Wednesdays as well. Mine was, mine was for childcare, but, okay. but it's, it's the break I need. Mm-hmm. It's the break I need where, where my day the, the boys call it daddy day. And I love it. My, my day with my boys, it's just my, it's my recharge. It just, I love re- it. It, it, it. It's putting gas back in the tank. I always come back feeling better on Thursday, but it didn't at first. Cause it took me time. Cause at first being a, every, every minute I'm away from work, I'm thinking, Oh no, this is time wasted or I'm not taking care of X or I'm not seeing the gym with my own eyes, which means I'm not there to fix something. If it goes wrong and it's, 
it's taken me a long time. And I, I guess I can't honestly say I'm 100% over it. That's, that's still a, a minor anxiety of mine, but it took me a long time to realize that I didn't get less done by taking this day. I got more done because now the day I come back is much more productive than when I'm trying to fight through a constant cognitive fatigue every day I'm in the office. Mm-hmm. So that, that, and combining when I train, that was her. I love that advice. It's just efficiency. But I'm, I'm assuming you tell me, but are you the type of person that needs, you probably need to string hours together, your creative hours. I never did well with training a couple of clients and then having an hour to work on something and then another client and then having two hours to work on something. The back and forth was terrible for me. I never sure. got into a flow of my writing, my posting, nothing. Yeah. I. So I do do little things like email sending, all that stuff. Uh, like I'll do a lot of like watching a video. I'll send notes to my editor. So like, I'll take time for that. Uh, I'll, like I said, I'll send emails, write ideas, but certainly I can't spend all the, this time in content creation because when I start in the flow, I'm a very highly focused person. So when I'm focused and I'm in the flow, like do not get in my way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, focus for hours at a time. And, and so once I start, I know I need to stay in that flow. And so I don't like that interrupting that. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And also I'm a, I don't know about you, but I'm a better writer in the morning. I can't write after 3 PM. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm better at everything in the morning. I just, that's, and that was in a book I just read too, where it's, it's just knowing yourself. Oh, and it wasn't a book. It was, um, it was an Andrew Huberman podcast episode, uh, the neuroscientist. But just, he said, you know, understanding yourself and what your productive periods are. If you're most productive from nine to 11 or from 11 to three or from five to nine, doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but don't, but don't fight it. Work when you are the most efficient because, because why, why battle that? For you know? sure. Yeah. And, and for many people out there, you know, there's things that are unfortunately deal breakers where, or not deal breakers, but removable objects. I, I have kids. So I do have to really work hard to keep my schedule efficient and to make time for my creative hours. Cause if I don't, they no longer happen organically. I cannot say, Hey, when the next bout of motivation kicks in, I'm going to crush that day. I can't mm-hmm. do that because if that happens mm-hmm. on, a, on a Wednesday when I'm home with the kids, I, I don't, yeah, I don't, exactly. I don't get, I don't get to use it that day. It just is what it is. I can jot down some ideas, but I can't just say, Hey, sorry to my four-year-old and two-year-old dad isn't going to the basement and, and crush seven hours of, of concentration. Yeah, no. But again, like we were talking about, that's probably the best thing for you. That's you need that mental break. We need that mental break. And right. to what you were saying before, I I have felt a huge difference since making this decision that I just made for one, the consult consolidating to be able to fulfill other aspects of my business, which I wasn't able to do before. And I mean, the goal is obviously to scale. And I, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to if I don't invest time in other aspects of my business. And so making that choice has brought so much relief, internal relief. And secondly, that, that like hobby day in the middle of the week is perfect. I feel suddenly more creative, more rested. Mm -hmm. I just feel more calm generally and I'm sleeping better. Yes. Yes. Uh, Which, which then again, refuels you back (laughs) into your, into your mood, into your positivity, into your creativity. You mentioned, you mentioned the word scale, you know, what's, what's the plan now? For you and your business, you know, do you have, you know, whatever you're willing to share? Don't you have to leak any mm-hmm. secrets here? <laughs> but uh, where where do you see your platform going to? What's your what's the what's the five year plan? I guess. 
Well, okay. <laughs> so I'm I'm a terrible planner. <laughs> I that's probably one of the things I could probably get better at. I do have a vision of what my life looks like or should I want my life to look like. I'm a little less about like career goals. I'm a little more about life goals. Um, and so how do I want to live and feel? Um, and then my work is gonna have to work for that for me to achieve that if that makes sense so like i said for me lifestyle and having this freedom of being able to say hey you know what i don't need to keep filming videos today i'm gonna go to the water and go paddleboard i i that's something i need to be able to have so with that being said i'm allowing myself to be a little bit more free flow with my business but like i said they are yes there are there are some ideas right i i sort of always envisioned having my own studio Right now, no, but possibly down the line within two to five years, absolutely. Um, and from there, possibly expanding. I always kind of wanted to do retreats. I don't know if that's something oh. that I'll do. Uh, maybe it's, it, you know, I start one day, try to figure out how to make it happen. And I realize it's way too exhausting. I definitely heard it's, <laughs> it can be. Uh, but hey, you never know until you try it. But it is something I've kind of, it's gone through my mind several times. So I would like to see if maybe that's a possibility as well. Scaling obviously would be increasing just what I'm bringing into my platform right now, my digital platform, BB Method. I, I am trying to add more content, create more programs currently, uh, adding recipes to bring more value. And eventually this is hopefully a place um, that people, where people can find inspiration and, uh, and, Eventually, that hopefully can help that other aspect of my business. But yeah, that that of course I want to grow that. Of course, <laughs> of course, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if you did it on purpose, but you also just successfully tied in the idea of listening to your body and enjoying life, but also still being disciplined and and doing what you have to do to to still build a career and have the financial freedom that that you do. Which I think is a is a great wrapping up point, Vilma. This has been awesome. Where can people find you? Where, where is your platform? Where's the best way to to see your stuff? Yes. So my Instagram is V as in Victor B Fit Lifestyle. B B Fit Lifestyle. And um, I have two websites. One is my main website where I share everything about myself uh, and including services. And that's VilmaLeesBosca.com, which is my full name. Uh, and then I have BBF Method, which is the platform for my digital membership. All that will be on the show notes on the website. Thanks. I highly recommend people subscribe to your, your, your newsletter is awesome. We can get to that today, but you have a great newsletter where you share a ton of, not just great tips, but great personal stuff too, that people can relate to. So I recommend everyone go check out your site, your websites, subscribe to the newsletter. There is just yeah. gold there. And there's gold there for everybody, male, female, never can't spell Pilates or can, it doesn't matter <laughs> there. There's, there's, yes. yeah. Everyone should go check you out. Vilma, this is awesome. I, I really appreciate your time and, and hopping on this. It's, it's, it's great. Thank you, Mike. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Will you stick around for a second? Listeners, thank you. Definitely check out Vilma more. And as always, don't forget to rate and review this episode. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Lifestyle as Medicine podcast. Find more episodes like this at www.lifestyleasmedicinepodcast.com and visit www.marhealthandperformance.com and at marhealthandperformance 
on both Facebook and Instagram for more great content and information about programs. Have a great day and see you next time.